I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Okay, so I've sobered up. There's still some blackouts. And, uh, I worked in hymens and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two weeks later. Having a good time, baby, having a good time, baby. We're having a real good time. We're having a good time, baby, having a good time, baby. I'll tell you one more time, oh yeah, we're having a good time, yeah. We're having a good time, and uh... All right, what a hot, hot intro song by Troy Ritchie. Uh, he really came through, um, you know, the votes came in. Troy Ritchie, everybody loves Troy Ritchie. They're excited about the song. He put together a great song. I appreciate all those um all those songs that people sent and I still would like to use them to some some degree, but this Troy Ritchie song, it's been stuck in my head. I've been singing my own theme song, you know? I mean, I'm 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 the kind of guy that's wearing his own hat and I'm um you know, I'm wearing my own hat and I'm singing my own theme song and uh I don't I don't know if that's good or not, but uh, I like it. I had a good time with the song, and so I'm back with another edition of the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay, and uh, I'm very excited to be here. Um, I am excited to be here, and um, I'm still in quarantine, and actually at this point I've officially left my house uh the least amount. I've been at the house the most. I mean, for a while there, I was moving around, doing a little moving and shaking here and there, but now I've I've really been holding it down. I mean, I am still very skeptical about this whole thing, but uh, to be sure, I stay home. I avoid contact with people. In fact, the last time that I went out, me and Hannah, we went to the grocery store and I wore mask and a glove and gloves into the store. And people that weren't wearing the mask uh for the most part it felt like they were looking at me weird and i felt uncomfortable with it but then i remembered oh they don't they have no idea who i am because i'm wearing a mask so it doesn't matter they just look at me like an idiot but you know i don't plan on catching the coronavirus that's not something i plan on doing i i don't get sick i don't get colds i don't get the flu i don't get sick and I also don't get shots. I'm not down with the flu shot. The reason I'm not down with the flu shot is because they're just, they're trying too hard with it, right? They're everywhere. The grocery stores trying to give me a free uh, flu shot. Some places are giving me money to get the flu shot. And I'm like, don't try so hard. Any Anytime something's pushed that hard on me, I'm like, you know what? I don't want it. I don't. I don't know what you're doing with it, but I don't want it. And so I don't get sick. I don't plan on catching the coronavirus, but if I need to wear a mask and gloves for right now, I'll do it. I don't want to do it forever. But I went to a Lowe's, and I was really getting a lot of negativity from people in Lowe's. A couple of dudes in the parking lot were really mean-mugging me like they wanted to say something, but I'm not at that place anymore. You know, I don't know if I've told this story before, but when I was when I turned 16 uh, – the first thing I did when I got my driver's license is I got in my mom's car, Ford Thunderbird, and I drove to the mall. I drove to the Opelika Auburn Mall because I had never been to the mall alone without someone dropping me off. So I thought that'd be real cool. And I went in, I walked around for a while. And then when I came out, there were these three dudes coming up and they looked like cool dudes, but they were older than me. I was 16. And I said, I was like, what's up? And the one guy said, F you, <laughs> right? But but he didn't say F you. And, uh, you know, and uh, he said it out loud. I, I just don't, you know, I'm not going to be inappropriate here, but uh, he said it out loud. And, uh, you know, I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to fight this guy, but I'm not in that place anymore. These guys were really mean mugging me like they wanted to make fun of me. So I gave them a wave. I gave them a wave with my gloved hand. And they just stared at me, and I just stared at them. You know, I don't care. I don't care anymore. Um, 
I don't know what people's problem is, but I, you know, I'm just trying to keep it safe out here. And then I was inside and inside Lowe's. There's these little X's that have been drawn, and these X's are our safe social distancing space. This is where you stand on the X so that you don't stand further away from people. The the people running the cash register have glass shields around them so you can't spit on them, I guess. And I'm standing in line, and it's a pretty big line because the lady running the cash register is moving slow. And people can never figure out the credit card machines, and everybody just takes their time everywhere they go. My The majority of my frustrations in life is just dealing with other people's pace. Uh, everybody moves so slow, and it's not just the South. It's everywhere. Everywhere I go, people move slow. That's the one thing I like about New York City is that's the one place where everybody's not moving slow. People are moving it along. But, you know, it's like, so I'm in line, and I'm standing on my ex, and I'm behind this other lady, this one, you know, overweight lady buying Clorox bleach, and she's not on her ex. She's standing a little closer to me, and the lady comes from behind the register. Now, keep in mind, I'm the only person in this line wearing a mask and wearing gloves. I look like the guy who's concerned the most about the coronavirus, right? I look like I care the most about it. And this old lady comes from behind the cash register, looks around the woman, and says to me, hey, move back, give this lady her space. And I cussed in the store. I'm going to be honest with you. I lost it. I cussed in the store. I'm so frustrated by this whole thing, by how fast all these stores have printed out social distancing things and how everybody is shaming everybody online about going outside and about meeting with people and how everybody has become the police for everyone else. I remember that people were sharing that meme of that lady in the park for calling the police on those people for playing football in an area where where it was designed for grilling. Who hasn't seen that scenario? I just want to grill out with my family, and here's a bunch of people running all over me with their sports, okay? Uh, everybody's sharing that meme of that lady for calling people out. Now that's what everybody is. Everybody is that lady. Everybody is the lady who called the cops on the girl for selling lemonade outside of her, her apartment. Everybody is that now. And they're, you know, everybody's sharing their pictures with stay home, stay home, you know, and it's like nothing makes me want to go out in public like everybody on the planet telling me to stay home. We get it. Okay. We get it. Some people aren't going to get it. Some people are never going to get it. But I, I don't want my freedoms to be taken for much longer. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to do whatever. But they got to lock this up. And this is not the country. Everybody keeps acting like this is a problem with our country. This is uh, really a worldwide problem. And, you know, we, we may have the most amount of cases, but most of those cases are in New York City. And that's a very uh, big city with a lot of people and a lot of people living up on top of each other. And uh, so the most cases are in New York City. I mean, they're not in these Everybody wants to try to tell people they're all stupid around the rest of the country, and it's like, well, it's not us. <laughs> it's it's not Tennessee. We're not in Tennessee. We're not we're not spreading the virus everywhere. Um, so anyway, so I'm a little frustrated by all this. And then this lady comes now. So now I'm frustrated by this, and I am taking the most precautions possible. And this lady comes from behind the counter and says, "Hey." Back up. Give this lady her space. I said, I'm standing on the F and X. I was like, I'm the only one in this store that seems to be concerned about the coronavirus, and I'm the one getting yelled at. And then so she goes through the transaction. She finishes that one. Then the lady goes up. She finishes that one. And then when I get up there, she says to me, she goes, Oh, you know, she said, I, I didn't realize that, that it was the lady that wasn't standing on her ex and not you. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe don't yell at me. I said, I'm sorry that you have to be here right now, 
but that's not a reason to yell at me. I was like, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know. I just, and then I went outside and as I'm back and then I go outside and these two dudes are mean mugging me outside. And then I go and get in my car and I start to back up and this lady starts honking at me. And it's a lady trying to pull into a place right next to me and she's honking in, honking at me. I'm like, lady. And I just laid on the horn. I was like, you don't honk at me. I'm just trying to pull out of this place. You wait till I come out and then you pull in. It was a rough day. But honestly, it wasn't a rough day. Once I left there, I was fine. These things don't don't frustrate me for long. But I just, I can't stand this idea that now, oh, everybody, oh, we're in such a panic. We're in such a panic. And it's like, I realize that people are getting sick. But, you know, it's like, this is not a reason to get mad at everyone and treat everyone like they're not people and treat people like they're all carrying the disease. It's always, I've seen enough posts on Facebook of, the, the, your, if, if you're not doing this, then you're the problem. If you don't believe that this is a real thing, just go ahead and unfollow me. I've seen people go, I unfollowed three people on Facebook today for blah, 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 blah. And it's like, whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever. You know, it's like people need to make statements when they tell you they've unfollowed people. You know, when I unfollow people, I just do it. I don't tell anyone that I've done it. I just do it. It doesn't make people special or it doesn't give you a a, a special power to be able to unfollow people and unfriend people. And we're all acting like people are less than each other. It's like, if you don't understand this, then you're an idiot. And it's like, you know what? Some people live in small towns and some people, they have their routine and they've lived life for a really long time and they've gone through lots of different quote unquote pandemics And now people are freaking out. And the news media, I mean, let's be honest. The news media has been lying to us for a long time, for many, many years. They get caught in lies all the time. The only reason that people people that watch those same mainstream media outlets never understand that they're lying to you is because those outlets never report that they lied to you. They get caught in the lie, and then they just move on. I mean, they've been... Uh, this entire, I mean, I've been, it's been going on for a long time. They, they continue to divide us and then they blame someone else for the divide. The reason that we can't get along with each other is because people keep telling us that it's the, this reason is why we can't get along with each other. What we need to do is stop making those posts, stop acting like we are the moral authority and just be nice to each other. That's all we have to do is just be nice to each other. So I, um, you know, I mean, my podcast is all about comedy, and I'm struggling to find out what to talk about because, I mean, what's what's funny right now, you know? I mean, I, uh, I've i written, right, I've been writing jokes, but I, I feel like I've only been writing stand-up jokes. I don't know how, uh, oh, I did think about this. I went to the CVS and noticed that they stopped carrying Jewel the vaping jewel because uh but they still sell cigarettes right they don't they don't sell jewel anymore but they sell cigarettes so uh and the reasoning for stopping to sell jewel is because it started to kill people right but they still sell cigarettes so it's like once people started dying from jewel they were like oh man we got to quit selling this it's killing people too fast uh we got to switch back to cigarettes and I think that's true. They were like, ooh, we don't need them to die that fast. We want them to really drag it out. We want them to be unhealthy, not be able to breathe well, but to, to sustain life. Um, Got to keep them weak. Got to keep them weak. And that's what, during this time, I mean, I just want to encourage people to eat healthy, do things for their body that's going to, that's gonna, you know, generate, you know, boost up the immune system. I've been doing elderberry every day. And I'm not going to give anybody a medical diagnosis. So if you just like people that went and drank uh, aquarium cleaner, uh, then blame the president. It's like, take it easy, guys. You got to take a little responsibility for your own actions. Um, I, uh, I, I have had this thing called oregano oil. And oregano oil, it, they say you can put it on, um, you know, I'm sure this is not FDA approved, but they say you can put it on. Uh, zits or pimples, if you get those, if they pop up, put a little of that on there to help dry it up. And they say you can drink 
a, a drop of it in a full cup of water and it will help fight back. And like if you're starting to feel a little sick, you take a little shot of oregano oil and it will help you. But it is powerful stuff. I mean, I've been doing about once every day, taking a little drop. I don't know if that's good or not, to be honest with you, but I've been doing it. And one day I threw up. And uh, But a while back, several years ago, this is how I know it's fine. Um, several, a couple of years ago, I was feeling a little sick and I thought, well, I'm going to take a little oregano oil. And I took an entire, um, what do they call it? Tincture of it, which is many, many drops. I took an entire tincture of it in a glass of water and drank it and it burned my entire esophagus all the way down. And then I had to drive to Tuscaloosa and do a show. It was a great show. But so that's how I know that, uh, Oregano oil is powerful, but you will heal from it. But sometimes I'll put it in a bath and take a bath. I've I've had some poison oak before in the past. It's killed poison oak. I like it. So I've been doing elderberry, a little of that, little dandelion root tea. It's supposed to be good for the lungs, good for the immune system. And I'm all about those things. And I'm I'm really taking, you know, my vitamins. I've been doing a little diatomaceous earth. It's supposed to settle the gut. All of that stuff I think is really good. And but but you don't have to do my things, my crazy things, but whatever it is you're doing, try to do something healthy for yourself so that your body feels good so that you you know you can fight off something if you do get it because they say some people get the coronavirus and they don't even know it while other people are having a really difficult time. So do the things before you get sick to make your body feel really good. That's what I think. And uh you know because you know you got to you got to you know, you got to take care of yourself. And uh, so, you know, there's, uh, maybe we'll do a little music. I've really had a good time doing music. And, and I, I want people to understand that uh, my message here is a positive one. Be nice to people and take care of your body. I think that's, I think that's pretty simple. Um, let's see, what... What could we go back to? You know what? I like playing. Um, oh, you know what? This is what I'll do. I think this is fun. I want to do a video on this one day, but I think that I can do. Uh, I think that I can do uh, just a part of the podcast on this. I wanted to do um, top five songs of the most embarrassing songs I've ever sent to women. Um, and I've only gotten to, I don't, I only got to, um, four here. It looks like. So hopefully the same people that listen to my podcast aren't the same people that watch me on YouTube, even though my YouTube has really been slipping. I haven't been that. I got a new video I want to post. I posted one today I thought would do better, but it's not doing that well. I got five songs, but, um, two of them are by the same person. So I'm going to play a couple of them. All right, this is one, and then I'll talk about I'll talk about the oh, you know what? I know what the other is. Um, I'm gonna just write it down here so that I have uh, so that I, that I just remember it. All right, so this is gonna be the top five most embarrassing songs I've sent to women, and to try to court them, as they say, and I will let you know if it works. And and to court them is probably not even the even the right thing because because the, the you know this is going to be different situations so i'll set up the first one the first one here is going to be a blake shelton song and this is going to be i probably did this around 2008 or 9 i was selling pesticides it's probably 2009 i was selling pesticides and i was this girl had come to work there i've talked about her before and uh, she had come to work there and we had begun to see each other a little bit and I was I was listening to this song, and I really felt like this was a song that I needed to play for her. So I, I was already dating her. But this is going to be embarrassing songs that I played for women. This is just uh, this is just for purposes of being fun, making fun of myself, and living life a little bit. Uh, but this we were selling pesticides. We would ride around. We would get drunk on the clock, and then we would go make out in the woods and. Or not the woods. Well, one time in the woods and, you know, do other things. And we really got into it. And uh, so 
the full story. So I'm going to go ahead and play this song and then tell you more of the story. So I won't play the whole song, just a bit of it. So this is a song that I played for this girl after seeing her for a couple of weeks. Okay, it's not playing. Uh, I know what's wrong. Okay, now it should play. So here we go. Here it is. All right, get into it. It's a great song. Don't waste your time looking over your shoulder. Those loves from the past ain't getting no closer. When I look in my future, you're all I can see. So, honey, don't go loving on nobody but me. Okay. (laughs) Okay, this will get more embarrassing. But this one, what's funny about this is uh, I think as it turns out, this girl was dating someone the entire time we were together. She was living with her boyfriend the entire time. Now, this was a different time in my life. This was, you know, 11, 12 years ago. I was a different person, believe me. And she was, you know, dating someone almost the entire time we were hanging out. And, um, you know, I'm like, the song says, don't waste your time looking over your shoulder. Those loves from the past ain't getting no closer. I mean, there was probably no one that she was worried about, but I'm the one that should have been worried. And uh, so... That was fun. We were dating, but that song did me no good. All right, so this next song is uh, a song that I played to a girl after we broke up. I broke up with her, and then a little while later, I was like, you know, I mean, I don't know if people have ever done this, but you're dating someone, and you think... All right, this is not going quite the way I want it to be going. We're fighting a lot. We were both heavy alcoholics. This was this was probably 2006 or 7. Probably, you know, we we were on and off throughout that time. And uh maybe even later, but I had I had dated her. This is a girl that I really wanted to date. I really worked hard to to Ha- to go on this date with this girl. We dated, and, and but we were heavy drinkers, and her best friend and my best friend would hook up occasionally, and they were even heavier drinkers than the two of us. So the four of us made just this toxic pot of just mess. I mean, we would, we, we would all, the four of us would fight together. It was a massive fight. We had so many fights. I mean, I locked. I was driving a 1984 Buick LeSabre, maybe a 82 actually, and I locked my keys in the car. Me and this girl got into a fight one time, and I left her apartment and went to get in my car and realized I had locked my keys in the car, and we fought and fought and fought, and then I ended up having to go sleep, you know, stay at her place. So I broke up with her, and then. Uh, you know, a little while later, because you break up, you think, well, I could probably do better than that. But she was very attractive. And uh, I uh, probably, you know, at that time, the most attractive girl I had, had officially dated. Now, I had, you know, I'd had a, a hookup now and again, but officially dated. This was a very attractive girl for me from a good family. I mean, she had a lot going on. And I was so but I, I you know, I, you know, you, it makes you cocky. You think, well, I got this. What else could I do? You know, that's how men's minds go. At least a lot of men I know. So we broke up and then I wanted to get her back. I saw this song. So I found it and I went to her apartment and I played it for her. I said it was over. I said we were through I said when I left I was done loving you But I'm fighting a feeling It can't be denied Forget what I 
told you the truth is I lie I know you weren't expecting this visit for me with my hat in my hand and my heart on my sleeve but I've stopped my pretending and I've swallowed my pride I'm not above saying truth is I lie all right, that's by a band called Ricochet, The Truth Is I Lied. It's a really great song. I, I don't. Th- it came out in 96. I don't think it got any acclaim. I don't even know that people know about this song. But I think it's a really good song. And I played this for her, and it worked, and we got back together, and we dated for a while. I really uh, realized that every relationship problem that I've ever had has been my fault. Every single one of them. Now, I'm not saying the people that I dated was perfect or that I wish any of them had gone a different way. I'm very happy with the way things are going for me. So I, uh, I don't have regrets, but I, I've spent, you know, to write jokes the way that I do, where I don't talk about politics, I don't talk about anything, but mainly stuff pertaining to my life, I spend a lot of time mining my brain, just racking my brain, just trying to think about things. And music always helps me remember those times. So good or bad, it always helps me to remember those those things and those times, um, which makes me think of a song that I'd like to play. Um, uh, and this is off the, this will be off the, uh, current thing that we're doing right now. Um, but I think this is a really great song by a guy named Whitey Morgan. Um, and, you know, sometimes you can't handle the memories. So it's like some people start trying to mind the brain like that, and it can get them depressed because they begin to remember. Because if you've lived a life like me, um, I've lived a weird life in a lot of ways. I mean, I spent... From 21, now I drank before this, but I from the time I was actually legally able to get into a bar, from 21 to 29, almost 30, I was an alcoholic. I mean, I wasn't the type of alcoholic that drank alone. That Now, meaning I would go to a bar and drink alone, but I knew people there already. So I might, I might stroll to the bar already, but the bartender was my friend. I, I never enjoyed sitting at home drinking. So, I mean, I spent eight, nine years just drinking and making mistakes, blacking out and doing things where I go back and I, I think about those things and I go, oh, geez, like, like they will just come to me and it will be a, it'll be like reliving embarrassment. And I also had, you know, a stepmother growing up from the time I was probably uh, I'd say six to 14, maybe, maybe five to 14, something like that, who, um, you know, I don't think liked me very much. Now I'm not blaming her altogether. Cause I know there were other things at play too, but I don't think she liked me very much. So I think about some of those memories and I, now nothing bad happened. There was no abuse or anything like that, but I just don't think she cared for me. So I would spend every other weekend up there with someone that, didn't necessarily care for me. And it's like, I can go back and I can think of those memories and I can just think of, you know, uncomfortableness and weird feelings. And I can think about moments where I was a really spoiled kid and really acted bratty. And I can think about my mom having to put up with that. And I just, ugh, just brings back waves of humiliation and embarrassment. And, you know, I've spent, you know, time doing other things too. And, and, and relationships where I'm like, Oh, that was my fault. Oh, I was, you know, or even, even a relationship that I thought was a casual one, uh, turned out I was the only one that thought it was this casual relationship. And, and I, you know, and, and people get their feelings hurt and it's like, um, you know, I don't feel good about those things, but at the same time, I say all relationships were my fault. 
Um, that doesn't mean people didn't do me wrong along the way. I mean, I can also remember times uh, where I felt like uh, someone really did me wrong, but they did me wrong far before we ever got into the relationship. So this is a song uh, by Whitey Morgan in the 78s, and I just think this is a good song about writing songs and memories. Obviously, this I always look at writing songs like writing jokes, but I, I think this is an interesting song. Last night I wrote some songs with a friend of mine You could say he's a legend in my mind He said, boy, I can feel your pain through your whiskey mind But there's more to writing songs than rhyming lines He said, memories cost a lot don't make them Well, when you lose your family, son You never really can replace them And that's good for writing songs If your heart can take Some memories cost a lot When you don't make them I just think that's such a great song Because I, to me, I think of writing jokes like writing songs uh, in a lot of ways. I think there's a rhythm to a joke. There's a flow to a joke. There's a way, I mean, I can, I can find, um, like I've been, I've been really doing TikTok, but I do TikTok a different way than, than I think most people are doing it. I just post my own stand-up clips. I've been finding, so I've been really digging back to find old jokes on videos that I don't do anymore so that I can share them and not give away all my material, but also jokes that I thought were good that have just kind of gone to waste because they're not on any album and I don't do them anymore. So I've been putting them out there. And I and, and in that process, I found jokes from a long time ago that I still do now, but the way the joke is now is so much better. It's so clean and crisp and it has a flow. And the way that I even say the punchline and, and say certain words is so different from how I used to do it. And it just, um, and I just, I just think it, it's, uh, I just think there's a lot to it. All right, here's a song. Now I played this song for a couple of different women because I, <laughs> I really thought, I was quite the romantic, and um, and it, and at times I was, but you know, a lot of people, uh, I've heard people talk about Bob Dylan how they don't like him because if you listen to any new Bob Dylan, you can barely even understand what he's saying. But this song is a song that I played, and uh, I think I had, I did actually have a success rate with this, but I don't know if it was the song. I think the girl liked me anyway. But then I played a part of this song to her, and um, and and this will get embarrassed. This this is mainly embarrassing for for two particular girls, <laughs> but because uh, uh, the other stuff I think was fairly successful. But this was a song that I played. Now this is a Bob Dylan song off the album "Blood on the Tracks," which I think for a complete album is my favorite Bob Dylan album. So if you're not into, if you don't know about it, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks, very good. Also, to recap, that was Whitey Morgan in the 78s. Memories cost a lot when you don't make them. There was Ricochet, uh, The Truth Is I Lied, and the first song was Blake Shelton, Nobody But Me. Just to recap, and here we are. This song is called Buckets of Rain by Bob Dylan. Buckets of rain, buckets of tears Got all them buckets coming out of my ears Buckets of moonbeams in my hand You got all the love, honey, baby, I can stand Now there's a certain part that I'm looking for in particular. Now I think this is still a good line. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this song. <laughs> I mean, it's so great. What's embarrassing is I would would text this. I text this to to two different girls um, at different times, uh, as if I had written the poetry myself. Uh, but here, I'm going to try to find it here. Buckets of 
I think this is it coming up. Let's see. The red wagon, no, this ain't red it. Bike. I ain't no monkey, but I know what I like. I like the way you love me strong and slow. I'm taking you with me, honey, baby, when I go. It's got to be this next part. Really a great song. Okay. All right, we may have missed it. I may have skipped too far. All right. People disappear like smoke. honey, baby, I'll be All right, you're going to hear him play the guitar a lot in me trying to find this. I should have cued this up. This is it. It's got to be it. I like the smile in your fingertips. I like the way that you move your hips. I like the cool way you look at me. Everything about you is bringing me misery. Okay, so, all right, that's it. I'm going to play it one more time. The way that you move your hips, I like. Here it is. I like the smile in your fingertips. I like the way that you move your hips. I like the cool way you look at me. Everything about you is bringing me misery. I always really like that. I thought that's such a great line. I like your smile and your fingertips. I like the way that you move your hips. I like the cool way you look at me. Everything about you is bringing me misery. I love it. I think that's such a cool line, such a cool song. And, uh, but yeah, so, but, but is it cool? Is it great? Yes, it's great and cool for Bob Dylan, but it's embarrassing for me to know that I've, um, you know, saying that, you know, played this song for girls as if it was my own. Now, that being said, here's another Bob Dylan, but I don't know if I actually, we're going to, this is going to be a secondary thing because I don't think I actually ever played this for a girl. I only meant it for a girl and, um, and it embarrasses me to this day to think that I that I mean because I was uh this the last song that I played uh this was I probably played those songs for girls in probably around 2004 2005 so that's when that was going on so I was you know I don't know I don't know exactly how old I was probably 23 24 something like that so I was still pretty young but as we go through, it will be me getting younger. This song was probably, I was playing this for a girl when I was probably 19 or 20, or at least thinking about, oh no, this is what happened. I'm going to tell you what happened. I joined the army. I was working at Western Sizzlin, and there was this girl that I really liked at Western Sizzlin, and I, I never asked her out. I was too afraid. I had every opportunity. I think we went and saw the movie Fast and the Furious together. Uh, the very first one, and we watched uh, another movie at her house. I mean, I had every opportunity. It was like she was laying it out for me on a silver platter, and I was putting myself in the friend zone constantly. And so I decided to join the Army when I was working for Western Sizzling, and then uh, in between the time of leaving to go to the army, I quit just so I would have a little time off, and I ended up buying a Bob Dylan CD. Now, I bought it at Greatest Hits. This one's off Free Will and Bob Dylan, but I had it on the Greatest Hits album, and I listened to this, and I thought, well, this is my song to her, and I might, I might have given it to her. I don't know. I hope not, but it doesn't matter. I'll probably never see her again, but this is the song called Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, it ain't no use sitting and wonder why, baby. 
Even you don't know by now And it ain't no use to sit and wonder why, baby It'll never do somehow When your rooster crows at the break of dawn Look out your window and I'll be gone You're the reason I'm traveling on But don't think twice, it's all right Okay, so I played this for my buddy John Strickland to tell him I was going to give this to her. And he's like, you realize this sounds like you're saying that you're joining the army because she won't go out with you, right? And I was so melodramatic that I used to put so much emphasis on what these artists say, what what they had to say. Now, there's no lyrical content left in music anymore, so people don't have to worry about this anymore. But I used to be so into it. I was dying to know, what is Bob Dylan trying to reveal to me? What is he saying? And I was so into it. And I, I do think he has some smart songs, but that's going to lead me to this because um, the um, so many people... M- you know, artists, they write, they write these songs and then, and then we just, you know, so many of us, we just take it in and we believe, oh gosh, if I could just have romance like that, if I just had someone to love me like that, right? And it's like, these guys are full of it. So many of them are just full of it. They're writing things that rhyme. And this song is a great example. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to play a little of this, this, I never played this for a girl, but you know, given the opportunity, I would have, but um, I never played it. But this song, I used to love this album. Honestly, I still love it, but I tried to listen to it the other day for, you know, reminiscing purposes. It's not the same to me. But I was listening to this song around 2004, pretty heavy. And, and then in 2016, I saw this, no, 2014, I saw this guy in concert. And let me play a little bit of it first. And so it is. Just like you said it would be Life goes easy on me Most of the time And so it is Shorter story No love, no glory No hero in her sky I can't take my eyes off of you Can't take my eyes off you. Okay, so that's what I wanted to play. The time he says over and over and over. Great song, by the way. This is Damien Rice off the album uh, O. And he says over and over again, I can't take my eyes off you. Now, I saw this guy in concert, and he was standing up on stage, and he said, so much of this is BS. He said, I wrote this song where I would say, I can't take my eyes off you. I can't take my eyes off you. And he said, the truth is, I could take my eyes off her, and I did right? It's like, it's all BS. People write beautiful songs and they feel good and they mean things to us. But at the end of the day, it's all BS. I mean, people are all just, you know, we're all, everybody's just trying to get laid and it's just a world full of mess. Is it any wonder that we have a virus running through the the world like this? Okay. So getting back to it, this around 2006, I had worked with this girl and I really liked her, and I liked her probably in more physical ways than anything. Um, and, well, in fact, I know that's what it is. And um, so I I just text this, I text one lyric to this song to her, and I don't think that she even got it. I don't think she knew what I was talking about. She probably had never even heard this song. Uh, but this is by the Bellamy Brothers. If I said you have a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? That's it. That's what I said to her. That's what I text her because I'm trying to be funny, but also being like, I'd like to touch your body. If I said you have a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? 
If I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Right? That's in the movie. Uh, this podcast will be out probably by the time this happens. No, no, it won't be out. I'll, I'll have to do it. But in a minute, I'm going to do the David Spade show. I'm going to do it live through Skype. And, um, but I don't know if I'll, I may have this out by the time the show actually airs. Hopefully I will. If, if so, I'll be on the David Spade show tonight, uh, just online. And, um, and in the movie, Joe Dirt, he says to Jamie Presley, who's very attractive, he says to Jamie Presley, he says at the county fair, he goes, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? She goes, sure would. And then they left. And uh, I thought that was great. But that is pretty embarrassing, because mainly because the girl probably had no idea what I was talking about. So we'll go into the last and final most embarrassing song I've ever played for a girl. And I'm going to give uh, a lot of the backstory is already gone because um, I already talked about her a little bit. But this is the girl who worked at Western Sizzlin with me. Now, I worked at Western Sizzlin two times. This was the second time I worked there. And I can't tell you, uh, you know, who knows what kind of goggles I was seeing things through at this time. But this girl was very attractive. I was very into her, and I, I was so into her, in fact, that I was completely intimidated. I had no idea what to do. No one was ever giving me guidance. All right, before I play this song, let me talk a little bit about this. I was thinking about this last night. No one ever was giving me guidance on dating. I don't know if my mom or dad didn't know, but my dad's been married four times. My dad knows how to get a date. But no one was teaching me dating. No one was... In fact, my move in school was to ask a girl that I liked to a dance. Like I would say, oh, you know, we got the homecoming dance coming up. I really want to ask, you know, so-and-so to the dance. I like her. I want to take her to the dance. So I would ask her. I would go, but, it, but you know, it, you know, you got to ask somebody before they get scooped up by somebody else, you know. So you got to ask early. So I would ask, you know, probably two weeks out before the dance or something like that. Now, this would be a girl that I didn't really know, but that I was attracted to. And maybe we had had some interaction in class. I was always very funny for the class, but not always on a one-on-one -on -one interaction. I was never very good at one-on-one -on -one interactions with people. I didn't learn how to date for a long time. That's why this this whole thing is important because I learned to date uh, the first girl that I officially took on a date was the girl that I played the Ricochet song for earlier. And, and I learned to date from my old boss at Spectricide, my boss who I, who used to sell, we used to sell pesticides. He was my boss. He was a former NFL player. He played, uh, when Jack Kemp was quarterback, who was Bob Dole's running mate, running mate for president. And Jack Kemp was, was the quarterback. This is how long ago this was, uh, uh, the, my boss, Stu Barber, um, I don't know if I talked about him on the last podcast or not because I, I did one and then I ended up deleting it because I got, I got lost. I didn't know what I was talking about. But Stu played in the NFL, big chin. You can look him up. You could see football cards with him now. Very intimidating guy. I never knew if he really liked me all that much. But we got to talking about dating and Stu taught me how to go on a date. And I finally asked the girl that I wanted to go on a date with. Caitlin was her name. It doesn't matter. Uh, I finally asked her out on a date. And, you know, I wanted to take her to this nice place. I wanted to take her to 82 Queen, Queen Street uh, on, in Charleston, South Carolina. Very nice restaurant. To me, I mean, to me at the time, that was as good as it got. I, I, I wouldn't even uh, know that a better place existed. And I was like, I want to take her there, but I'm like, it's pretty expensive. Stu pulls out his wallet, hands me a hundred dollar bill, says, I want you to go on the date and I want you to not worry about it, not worry about money. It was a great date. It went well. It was the first time that I really did it right. So I didn't know anything. So I would ask these girls out two weeks prior to, two weeks prior to, um, to the school dance. And then for the next two weeks, I had to, either choose to ignore them 
or have some awkward conversation with them because I didn't know what to do. So by the time we made it to the dance, everything was ruined anyway. I don't remember getting any action after any dance that I ever went on. Not that I was supposed to, not that that's what it's all about. But in my head, that's what it was all about. I'm trying to get some action. I'm trying to go to a, I'm trying to get a date, a girlfriend or whatever. And I I never did. I don't remember ever doing it, at least not with my date. And uh, some, I've had some other instances where some things went down, but uh, it's because I had made it too awkward by the time we got there. I had no idea what to do because no one would, you know, my dad could have simply gone, Hey, I know you've asked this girl out to a date. Uh, you've asked Jennifer out to a date, and do you know to the school dance that's coming up in two weeks? Do you know anything about Jennifer? Maybe ask Jennifer out on a date prior to the dance. Get to know her a little bit. Maybe you could have a relationship by the time you got to the dance. I never did it, and so when it came to this girl working at Western Sizzlin, West Western Sizzlin, I I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. So in my mind, the only thing that I knew was music. I knew a lot of music really well. And I, I had, had joined the army and then I didn't make it in. I got arrested. I didn't make it into the army. So now I'm back. I'm doing other things. I'm hanging out at a friend's house and I heard this song that I'm about to play. And, and, and the girl at Western Citizen had been dating a guy that was not very nice to her from what I understand. And so I heard this song and I thought, well, this is the perfect song. This song will be the song that means something to her and to me. She'll hear it. She'll go, gosh, I got to call him. That's my guy. He's got no confidence in himself, but he knows music. That's my guy. So I, <laughs> so I had my friend put this song onto a CD and I drove to Western Citizen one night and I caught the girl coming outside. Now, this was my perfect opportunity to just be like, hey, I've been thinking a lot about you. I really like you. I'd like to take you on a date. That was my opportunity. Perfect opportunity. But what did I do? I go, hey, I made this for you. I gave it to her. I got in the car and I drove away like a chicken shit. All right. So here is the song that I played. The most embarrassing thing I've ever done No, that's not true. I wish that were true, but pretty embarrassing. Here it goes. You're going to know it right away, I'm sure, but I'm going to play a good bit of it. (laughs) Jeez. Hold on, little girl. Show me what he's done to you. Stand up, little girl. A broken heart can't be that bad when it's... Okay, all right. So that song is called Miss, uh, called To Be With You by a band uh, or person named Mr. Big. And that is the most embarrassing song that I've ever sent to a girl, and it did not work. I saw her once, one time later, visiting. I saw her. She was still working at the Western Sizzling. Now she doesn't. She doesn't have a Facebook, I know, because I've checked. <laughs> And, uh, but these type of podcasts, uh, these are hard for me because, you know, I'm not emotional about it, but it, it does, you know, make me remember things. It triggers memories in me 
that have long since gone away. And sometimes I wonder, what is the past even? You know what I mean? Like the future is not guaranteed. So there is no such thing as the future. There's only the present. And what happens in the future hopefully happens. We don't know. There is no guaranteed future. All we have is the moment that we live in right now. So, you know, if if during this time you're sitting around, you're thinking, man, the coronavirus is really ruining things for me. I can't wait for this to be over and get back to my life. I have news for you. You are currently living in your life. There is no guarantee that things will go back to normal. And that's not necessarily bad either. You're, you're, this is who you are. This is your life. If it goes back to the way it was, great. But all that to say, I mean, that's a hopeful thing in, in my opinion. It's like the future is never guaranteed. There is no guarantee of tomorrow. There is the only guarantee of, of right now, currently the state that you're living in. Appreciate it. Uh, use this time to make yourself better. I've seen people rail against this on social media. People have acted like that this can't be a time for good. It can be. Use it as a time to think about positive things. Write down positive things. Every day write something positive if you you need to. But that being said, does the past really exist? Sometimes I wonder. This is just a bit of a weird thing that I've been thinking about. I mean, I, I grew up you know, in Alabama. And there was, there was my life up until, you know, 16 when I got a car. That was a life-changing thing for me. And then there was graduating high school, another life-changing thing for me. Then there was, you know, joining the army to getting arrested and not getting in and then moving out to a trailer, the same trailer that I grew up in, I bought when I was 18 and lived there for a few years. That was a whole different world for me than what I was previously living. And then I moved to Charleston. And I had various jobs. And with each job change brought new friends and new people into my life. And each time I moved, I lived in a different area and new friends and new life. And then I quit drinking. That was a complete change from the type of life I was living. And then I moved from Charleston to Nashville. And then I had a a, a completely different life than I had ever lived here in Nashville. And then I got married and bought a house. And now the present life that I'm living is completely different than anyone that I've ever had. I mean, I still have friends that I don't even think so much about the past. I have friends that I could call right now where we could pick up immediately where we left off and not have to be what's been going on with you type of thing. And I think those are truly the real friends. And then you have people that you can reminisce with, and that's fine. But I just wonder sometimes, I mean, does the past really exist or is it just something in our heads? And uh, there's a great song um, that I'd like to play. This song is a great song for the past to me. And this is a Paul Simon song, who I'm also a very big fan of. When I think back on all the crap I learned in high school It's a wonder I can think at all my lack of education hasn't hurt me none I can read the writing on the wall Hold a throne Give us those nice bright colors Give us the greens of summers Makes you think all the words of a sunny 
Okay. That's not the verse I want to play, but wow, what a great verse. If I took all the crap I learned in high, when I think back on all the crap I learned in high school, it's a wonder I can think at all. Man, did I have a long road ahead of me after high school. Wow, I had to learn everything. I felt like everything I know now is nothing based on high school. What a bunch of BS. <laughs> and uh, So this is the line I'd like to play. I really love this chorus, and I think this is really good. This is a good... Um, uh, way to kind of wrap up all the songs that I've played for you when it comes to women in the past. I think this is a really great verse right here, and I'll explain what I mean after I play it. If you took Let me back up just a bit. Here we go. If you took all the girls I knew when I was single Brought them all together for one Now, I don't even understand. Uh, I mean, I know he's talking about film, Kodachrome is film, so, uh, and everything looks worse in black and white. So that line is not necessarily what I mean. He says, if you took all the girls I knew when I was single and brought them all together for one night, I know they'd never match my sweet imagination. And I just think that is such a great line for especially what I've been talking about all this time. I mean, you know, our minds are very powerful and they can make us do crazy things and we can think about things. We can spend time thinking on things and go and we can say to ourselves, uh, you know, wow, that was the good times. Wow, that, oh, I really enjoyed that. Wow, that was fun. She was a good time, right? And you only remember the good times. If you took all the girls I knew when I was single and brought them all together for one night, I know they'd never match my sweet imagination. So I just think that's interesting. And, um, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I really enjoy that. And I thought that was good. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys tuning into this podcast and I've really enjoyed playing this song at the end of, of my podcast each week. And, and I'd like to, I'd like to go ahead and, and, and play it again. And, uh, thank you for tuning in. We're having a good time. I got a faulty parachute, I got a stranger's friend, an exciting change in my butcher's blend. A symbol on the ceiling with the flick of a switch Yeah, my newfound hero in the enemy's ditch yeah. Well, somebody, something was left in the room And now that it's gone, well, of course we assume Somebody else needed something so bad They took everything somebody had
of the pie Make a fool of his system Make a fool of his mind Give him bottles of lies And maybe he'll find His place in heaven Cause he might just die When your only friend is gone And every time you look around Well, it all, it all just seems to change But hanging on is easy When you've got a friend to call When nothing's making sense at all You're not the only one who's afraid of change 